0: Welcome back, Nature Nerds. to another episode of You're Gonna Die Out There? This is Megan. I'm sitting across from my co-host, Jen.
1: Well, hello. What a nice intro that
0: is. Oh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It was uh, practicing in my brain. I know that you had a good Halloween. Oh, it was great. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, you the- came by the house afterwards?
1: We did some trick-or-treating, and then my kids... Felt like they needed more candy, so we came to visit.
0: Well, I still had an obscene amount because I had very few trick-or-treaters this year. what's with that? I mean, the effort I put into the front of my house.
1: Your costume. Come on now. Perfect. It was great. Guys, it was so good. (laughs) So good. I bought authentic... We should post
0: a picture. Jesus. I bought authentic vampire teeth. Yeah. You know? And did you get a headache later? 100%. I took a little Tylenol PM. (laughs) Yeah, I was telling Jen that apparently you're supposed to, during the day, keep your teeth apart. But because I have, like, high anxiety and years of grinding my teeth and biting Uh my nails, like, I'm always, my teeth are always together. My tongue is always hitting the top of, you know, my mouth.
1: You just, know, just clenching. You're
0: just not a mouth breather. Clen- not a mouth but breather. But apparently
1: vampires are. They have to be.
0: I mean. Because you pinch your lips a lot with it. And but yeah, I couldn't put my teeth together. My brain was not reacting well to that. There was a lot of pain. Right. <laughs> I don't know if it was pain. It was just like soreness. Maybe. Like un- uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. But it looked really good. So, you know. That's all that counts. That's all that matters. It's painful to be beautiful, Jen. <laughs> Anyway, I have a little science news this week, if you're ready. I'm super ready. I thought we'd move on to the next holiday that typically gets forgotten. And let me just say that I like to celebrate this holiday with the idea of friends and family, Uh food, a lot of food. We're getting ready for the winter. Talking about Thanksgiving? I am talking about Thanksgiving. Are we talking
1: about pumpkins again? I... <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are
0: not patrons, uh, yeah, I had a, our, such our such a last weird... <laughs> Patreon bonus episode. Such a weird. We ended up news. talking a lot about pumpkins. We did. Yeah, it's true. No, I'm. Uh, there might be something about pumpkins in here. <laughs> I, there's some stuff about all different kinds of things. Okay, but I just thought we'd go from like a meal perspective rather than you know because there are some issues, some problematic things with you know, celebrating Thanksgiving that we're just going to not talk about right now. But we'll just talk about the meal. So I found this article. It's actually from like 2017, but it's the New York Times. What's up? I'm raising my
1: hand. Are we going to talk about avian flu? we' how not. it's killed, like, almost all the turkeys. So turkeys are going to cost 20% more than they usually do. Oh,
0: wow. Way to bring it down, Jen. I was going to just go with this really nice thing that's called a helping of science with your Thanksgiving dinner. Well,
1: I was just going to say, just go get a...
0: A Cornish is, game hen, Or just a vegetarian turkey. Uh, just a tofurkey? Tofurkey. Yeah. There you go. Okay, let me just say, this is no shade. <laughs> <laughs> no shade on vegans. People who don't eat meat. Whatever. I have had a tofurkey one time, and Uh maybe it was the way that it was cooked. Uh It was, one, depressing to look at, and two, it was not okay. I would rather just eat a whole block of tofu. You know, like, just just give me tofu how it is. I kind of have a problem
1: with, aside from like a veggie burger, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I have a problem when they give you things that are not meat, but it's made to look like meat, like a piece of bacon. Yes. Or tastes like meat. And it tastes like it, looks like it, but it's not it. Yeah. I can't. I don't like that.
0: I feel like, yeah, if I went vegan, if I went vegetarian Uh and I stopped eating meat, I yes. would just stop eating meat or anything that was like meat because I think it would just make me sad. <laughs> right. You know, I would be like, because I imagine, just, eat it and just be like, wow, this is amazing. Because <laughs> I know in the future, I imagine one day we will become vegan, Jen. I feel like it will yeah, happen. Because it's, uh, it's kind of already started for me. It's inevitable. Yeah. Right. It's, and it's moving in that direction. We have to think about climate change. Yes, and yes. Yeah. I know that I won't be giving up meat necessarily because I don't want to eat meat. Yeah, I will be, I think then I will not want to eat stuff that's pretend meat.
1: Yes, pretend meat. Yeah. And no shame to those who do want to eat. You know what? Eat whatever (laughs) makes you happy, makes you feel good. Yes. Obviously, you know, you're doing something better. But also, isn't it about eating whole foods? Whole foods. And I feel like when they make something that looks like a piece of bacon or... It's been processed.
0: Yes. Yes. That's all. Agreed. I mean, let's go that route. I like it, Jen. So in that vein. Okay. Okay. Sorry. uh, I I, I took (laughs) took it that direction. I found this article in the New York Times. It is from 2017 and I do not have a subscription. So this is my one free article for the month. (laughs) I'm trying not to close this page so that I will be able to read it to you guys. Yeah. It's called A Helping of Science with Your Thanksgiving Dinner. Biology, chemistry, physics. It's all there on your plate. Take a moment to appreciate it before you dig in. So I thought this was nice. Yeah. Okay. Just a little... A little some from uh, for Thanksgiving from a science perspective. So the first is talking about Turkey domesticating dark meat and white meat. It says, while turkeys share a name with the country at the crossroads of Europe and the Middle East, they originated in the Americas, and people have been raising them for food and other reasons longer than we previously knew. I'm sorry, other reasons? Okay. (laughs) In 2016, scientists published new research showing the Zapotec people living in what is now Mexico kept whole turkey eggs in their households as long as 400 to 500 AD, as long ago as 400 to 500 AD. Sorry. 400 to 500 years, they just kept those eggs. They're good. (laughs) They're fine. (laughs) Yeah, saved them for their many generations later. You know what? So they use them for ritualistic purposes, not necessarily to eat. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the discovery pushed back the earliest known domestication of turkeys by 100 to 200 years.
1: So did they like play games? Was it like the
0: egg on the spoon? Right. Egg relay? Egg relay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Was Just that... tossing it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. <laughs> it is the earliest solid evidence of domesticated turkey in southern Mexico that we have to date, said Gary Feynman, an archaeologist from the Field Museum in Chicago, in an interview last year, which would have been 2016. And they have like a little link where you can go learn about the origins of turkey. The next little part they talk about is dressing. The big question is always, is it safe to cook your dressing inside the turkey? And my thing is like, absolutely not. Never. Right. You cook it on the side. Like don't do stuffing, do dressing. Right. What's the difference between dressing and stuffing? Isn't it like one is inside, one is outside? Uh,
1: I uh, Uh. I don't know. Like, I I don't
0: know. (laughs) Either way. I like it on the outside so that it cooks thoroughly. Yeah, on
1: the outside. <laughs> and then when you can jam other stuff in there, like
0: onions and apples yeah, and whatever. Yeah, your aromatics to make your turkey, like, yeah. fancy.
1: Yeah. I She's- just put
0: butter Just a lot of jam
1: sticks of butter up in there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's something about dressing
1: a turkey. I really kind of just can't.
0: It's awful. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they go on to say, yeah, is it safe to cook stuffing inside your turkey? The agricultural department does say it's possible, but it's risky. Robert L. Wolk explained this back, I guess, a few years ago. He says it's a physics problem. He says, quote, a turkey is shaped physically like a big round ball. And when you're roasting it, the heat has to come in. In from the outside. That makes the inner parts of the turkey the last to become hot enough to kill dangerous bacteria. The USDA recommends at least 165 degrees. But by the time the inner thighs get to that temperature, the breast is overcooked. And if the bird is stuffed, the stuffing may never get that hot. And at lower temperatures, stuffing is a wonderful growth medium for bacteria. I think you should put it on the side.
1: Well, I'm just saying after all that food, Nothing yeah. wrong with a little
0: diarrhea. You, just to clear it all out. Clear it
1: all out. Just
0: <laughs> You heard it here. <laughs> just get that salmonella. Just one spoonful will do the trick. Does the body good. Yeah. All right. The next little part is about biochemistry. They call it red splashes of biochemistry. A lot of people enjoy cranberry sauce. I know I am has to be out of the can. Oh, I love that jelly out of the can. Out of the can. Oh, yeah. It's super... It still has the stripes like <laughs> yes. this from the can. That's how you know where to cut it. Yes, it's so good. Yeah, I think I said it But you it can last only year. eat it once a year. No, you cannot have it regularly. Have you ever tried to eat it when it's Other times? Time? It, no.
1: I have. Do they even it sell feels, it? They do, and it's wrong.
0: Yeah, that sounds real wrong to me, Jen. Yeah,
1: and it needs to be cold, mm-hmm. too.
0: Agreed. So cold. Like, it's the last thing you Let put on the plate. Let me tell you, with my Micronesian family, I'm the only person <laughs> that eats it. Yes. That's why when I come over, it's like... I bring we the, are I, the only I, ones yes, that eat we it. We eat it. I bring the real mashed potatoes. Oh, my mom. She, yeah, your she might my mm mm-hmm. Yeah, there are certain things it's like we have to have this. I love that your Thanksgiving is inside for like a Micronesian party to be inside. Oh, it's hard the for house, them. It's that's real hard. hard. That's
1: hard. They're like, we're all in here together.
0: Why are we so close? <laughs> Why is it? Why are we having to sit all at the same table? This yes. is insane. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. It's if you fun. know, you know. Is the truth. Yeah. So they go on to say that you might also be eating beets. Have you ever had beets for Thanksgiving dinner? Nope.
1: I don't want to. Never had. I it. just don't want to eat beets. I, I mean, juiced beets once and I drank it. Oh God. And it flushes you out. And I felt <laughs> real funky for like a few days.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean Wow, I did not even consider yeah. that you could juice beets. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. Why the, it's
1: like a real like you put it with like carrots and some other stuff in uh-huh. it. Well it's supposed to like, I don't know.
0: It's like a salmonella flush. It's like a kidney
1: flush or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's like hardcore.
0: Yeah. I actually do really like roasted beets, but like with a lot of seasoning. There's got to be a lot of seasoning because I don't really like beets by themselves. They have kind of a funky taste, you know? Yeah, I don't know. All right. So the article says, perhaps you're eating roasted beets too. Both cranberry sauce and beets are red, but the chemical processes that give them their hues are completely unrelated. Cranberries are made red by pigments called anthocyanins. That's there we go. really good. <laughs> So many words. These compounds are a common source of red coloration in the plant kingdom, from fall foliage to raspberries, apples, and cherries. But beets have something different going on. Their brilliant reds result from substances called betalanes. I think I'm saying that right. Sounds good. Yes. Scientists recently reported that in their evolutionary history, beets figured out how to harness a surplus of an amino acid called tyrosine. This is the same substance that helps opium poppies produce their narcotic effect. Ooh. Uh, But while most plants switch off the process that yields tyrosine, the beet keeps it going until it becomes such a beautiful shade of red. So because poppy flowers are red. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just want to throw out that one of my favorite books is Jitterbug Perfume and it's all about beets. Oh. It's really great. Okay. Tom Robbins little plug. Okay. All right. This next little part is about Brussels sprouts. Do you like Brussels sprouts? I do,
1: but I only recently. Oh
0: yes, I know. (laughs) Because
1: there's a restaurant here that they broil them and then they put this amazing sauce on them.
0: That's so good.
1: Now I start I've made them at home like that and I would like more recipes.
0: I need you to make them for me because I tried to do it and they came out real bad. Oh. Like I just burned, they were too crispy.
1: Oh, oh, oh. okay, Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, so they say, hopefully you're eating something green too. Perhaps it's a side of Brussels sprouts. This, they may be the craftiest thing on your plate. Scientists found that when a Brussels sprout plant detects eggs laid on its surface by a type of butterfly, it responds by manufacturing a chemical. That chemical sends a signal to parasitic wasps, sort of like a last-minute invitation to a Thanksgiving meal. The wasps lay their own eggs, which eat the growing butterflies, and the Brussels sprouts are saved. What? <laughs> now I love them even more. I know. They're crafty. Wow. They're crafty. i they, just, that's so amazing. I love that. Isn't that really neat? I yes. had never heard of that Thank before. Thank you for that
1: science, bit of science that I will carry with me.
0: It's so cool.
1: And you know... I think the reason I didn't like it as a kid is because they would just boil them. Yes. And they're like, eat your Brussels sprouts. And I was like, I will not. I will die first. And I would have (laughs) to sit at the table and I wouldn't eat it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I have always liked Brussels sprouts, I think because I like cabbage and they have that same feeling to them they're like mini cabbages almost. i'm not
1: a i'm not a big fan of cabbage oh, i've
0: always been a fan of like boiled cabbage i think that's the irish side like my nana always making it for uh st yeah, patrick's day that's a thing and it's like it, it's very nostalgic for me like right over boiled cabbage i'm there i'm there <laughs> you're there for it <laughs> if you can cut it with your fork like you don't even really have to put pressure in your fork it just like uh-huh. fl- yeah do you like coleslaw i do not like coleslaw I'm not, a, a not, not a fan not a fan either it, i think cabbage gotta be cooked uh-huh gotta cook it
1: Anyway, anyway, I love I
0: love the Brussels sprouts. If you if yeah. anybody out there has any good recipes, you should send them in. We're I'm into it. We're into those. Yeah. I think this last part here is about pumpkin pie. Love pumpkin pie. Very important. They say instead of the whipped topping, we'll offer you this fact: your dessert is a product of an evolutionary quirk that transpired some 100 million years ago. Here we go, Jen. Pumpkins, along with their other family members like squash, watermelons, and cucumbers, they were born when the genome of a melon like fruit duplicated itself. The act of this duplication set off a course of adaptations to environmental changes. Millions of years later, the descendants of that fruit ended up in a can that was pried open, poured into a pie crust, and baked with love. So you'll have something delicious to finish your meal. A fruit. Yeah. Yes. Which is a uh, seeds. Yeah. Pumpkins. Yeah. And they can get really big, Jen. They can get really big.
1: We know. We know. (laughs) We Guys, we talked about this already. Good times.
0: So that's basically it. I thought, you know, I feel like Thanksgiving, it's a good time, like I said, to share a meal. It gets overlooked. It's like Halloween decorations come out in July. Christmas decorations come out before Halloween. Uh Whatever happened to Thanksgiving, no one knows.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I'm kind of, I always look forward to it. It's a good meal. Yeah. It's, it's a fun time. It's kinda of fun. You kind of just cook the same. It's that one time of year you make yes. all the things. I actually make giblet gravy.
0: Oh, that's hardcore. Ty. It's
1: hardcore and it's it always turns out really good.
0: Delicious. It's weird. I used to hate gravy, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, Yeah, let's do it. All the yeah. gravy. All the oh, gravy. Man. So good. I, just,
1: I can't believe you grew up in Georgia and you're like not into gravy.
0: Wasn't a fan. Wow. <laughs> but you know, it's okay. Boiled
1: cabbage. I ate boiled cabbage. (laughs) Weird. Well, let me just say that you jumped ahead to
0: Thanksgiving. I did.
1: Whereas I am sticking around Halloween for a little bit longer.
0: Oh, I like it. I like it.
1: Just, you know, like one more thing that I felt like we needed to discuss. I was listening to Mm -hmm. That Aged Well. Oh, yes. Because I saw that they did The Secret of Nim. They did, yes. And I was like, I gotta listen to this one. It was really good. Because I'm slightly older than them. hmm And so sometimes it's fun because either they never saw a movie or they were younger. So Erica kept talking about how it just, like, scared the shit out of her when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about any of you guys, if you watched it and it scared you, but it didn't scare me.
0: You know, as a person who's scared of things, that movie didn't scare me. The only part that I would get a little bit kind of I mean, like... it was creepy. Creeped out about, yeah. yeah, was the part with the owl. That was the only part because they were like Nicodemus bones and stuff. Oh, no, and Nicodemus was the other guy. Who's yeah, the, owl? The, owl, the owl? The great owl, when she goes to yeah. see the great owl? What was his name? Um, I think he's just called The Great Owl. Oh, okay. And she goes in there and there's like spider webs and stuff. And he like crunches a bone under his claws. Uh uh And that's the only part where I was like, is he going to eat her? Like it was... (laughs) It was a moment of, whoa, that's kind of scary. You know, because so many cartoon movies in the 80s were... were, scary. They were scary. Yes,
1: exactly what I was thinking. They were insane. And also, I was watching stuff I probably shouldn't have been watching. Yeah. Like, I was scared of Poltergeist, and I was probably the same age watching (laughs) Poltergeist for the first time and watching that for the first time. Oh, my God. Seriously. I wish somebody would... Hey, you guys talk about Poltergeist next year.
0: Right. I don't know if Paul can watch that, though. Why? He can't do scary movies. Like, they just did Scream. And he's basically like, this is the only horror movie, quote unquote, uh-huh. that he's ever seen. Oh, and really? That he says that he will ever see. <laughs> so great. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we could make a plea that. I they, mean, uh... it's Steven
1: Spielberg. I mean, you know. <laughs> anyway, so I was thinking about that. It kind of inspired me to talk mm-hmm. about rats. Oh, God. Because it's all about rats and mice.
0: The rats of Nim. Yes. Yes, yes.
1: Yes, the rats of Nim. Let's talk about rats because either you love them. Or you hate them. Yeah. Probably hate them.
0: A lot of people love them. Well, maybe it was just like derby stuff, but there's like still a lot of goth people <laughs> in derby. So they're really that have people pet, have pet, yeah. pet rats. They're super smart.
1: Yeah. yeah. We have some colleagues that have oh. a pet rat. Do you want me to tell you? I don't know. <laughs> You'll tell me later. <laughs> okay. I'll Sorry. tell you later. Yeah. And I actually, when I was in college, I worked at a pet store. It mostly sold feed, mm-hmm. but there were a couple of snakes in there and like little. Pocket pets, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And we sold rats as pets. Yeah. But we also sold them as food for <laughs> snakes. And I kind of hated that. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the rats were really, they were pr- kind of sweet. And yeah. I got bit by rats a couple of times, which oh. wasn't so cool. And, then and some you... of them were so big that you were just, it was creepy.
0: Did you get the bubonic plague? <sighs> the I probably had some boobos at the time. but
1: <laughs> But yeah, some of them were really, they were super friendly and mm-hmm. cute. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I just was like, no, I didn't need I a pet you. rat at Not the time. Not into it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. they were cute. I was okay with it. So I want to start out talking about the Chinese Zodiac. Let's do it. Because if you know you're a rat, then you're a rat. Are you a rat? I'm a monkey. Are
0: you a monkey? hmm
1: Okay. Well, so the year of the rat is 1924. So they go every 12 years, obviously. Right. Yeah, just yeah, the yeah. months. So 2436...
0: 48, 60, 72, 84, 96, 2008, and 2020. Do you say 36? Uh-huh. Wait, is that rat? Yes. That's my dad. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I have. No.
1: Actually, my dad is too. Hey,
0: but not 36, right? 48. 48. There you
1: yeah. Know. Interesting. Oh. I didn't think about that. Huh. So we have rat dads. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a tiger and you're a monkey. I'm a monkey. Okay. Pretty sure. Well, so I thought this was really interesting because the rat is actually the first zodiac sign. So of their... Like ever. Yeah. And so the lady who does my hair, she's half Korean Mm -hmm. and she's like, I guess they're really into this, the Chinese zodiac. Yeah. And she told me that her aunt is one of those people that reads people's futures. Oh,
0: serious? And she
1: bases it all on this, but it's very detailed. It's like, you know, what's your zodiac? Yeah. 'Cause it's all the all, things. It's all the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Does she live on Guam?
1: No, but I bet she I bet she'd still do Some it. A little
0: long distance reading? Yeah. I love that stuff.
1: I do too. It's so Hopefully. fun. Like I said, it's the first of all Zodiac animals and they're considered one of the most successful of oh. the Zodiac signs, along with the ox and the dragon. So not our
0: signs. (laughs) Not our signs. (laughs) Obviously. Unrenowned.
1: (laughs) (laughs) According to one myth, the Jade Emperor said the order would be decided by the order in which they arrived to his party. And the rat tricked the ox into giving him a ride. Then just as they arrived at the finish line, the rat jumped down and landed ahead of the ox becoming first. I like it. Yeah. So in Chinese culture, rats were seen as a sign of wealth and surplus. And because of their reproduction rate, married couples also prayed to them for children. Oh. Give me millions of children. Brat people are said to be optimistic and energetic and likable by all.
0: That's my dad. That's totally my dad.
1: They're sensitive to others' emotions but are stubborn. Their personality is kind, but due to weak communication skills their words may seem impolite and rude. (laughs) Sounds sounds about right. On the financial side, they like saving and can be stingy. However, their love for hoarding will sometimes cause them to waste money on unnecessary things. Some other famous rats include Bill Shakespeare, Eminem, JFK, Mozart. You like how I'm mixing it up? Did you just say Eminem? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Eminem along with JFK and Mozart. (laughs) Do you like that? Katy Perry. George Washington. Mm-hmm. King Charles, our current king. Oh, and his son Harry. Oh. To name a few. So very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I like the I like the tiger one. I think it's it's
0: fun. That is fun. Yeah. yeah. I we don't, just talked about tigers. I feel like every time <laughs> I read my stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's me.
1: Really? Yeah. I, I didn't read them all, but it is kind of fun because I think that we hardly look at the Chinese zodiac, but mm-hmm. it is, it's good. All right. So let's talk about rats. Okay. Because Rats are like the human equivalent of the ultimate colonizers. It's true. Yep, it is true. (laughs) So humans are likely to be the most numerous species of mammal on the Earth, possibly, at the moment. However, having reached some 7 billion in 2011, we just barely outnumber our fellow friends, which are the rat and the uh, house mouse. So the brown rat. So they're the only species that come close or possibly exceed us in numbers and whose evolutionary histories and distribution are closely tied to our own.
0: There's a reason for that. Yes.
1: There is this, I had never listened to this podcast, but it's called ThruLine. It's an NPR oh. podcast. It's really good. I was kind of excited to find it, but I found it by looking up, by researching about rats and they mm-hmm. did a whole podcast that's called How Rats Became One of Earth's Most Successful Mammalian Colonizers. So first and most importantly, what do you call a group of rats? A rat king? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we will talk about rat no, kings. It's called a mischief. Oh. Isn't that cute? All right. it's it, it. It, yeah, yeah, totally. I'll give a little rat rundown real quick. There are various sizes as we all know, because I'm pretty sure all of us have seen a rat in some shape or form.
0: I, I would hope so.
1: Yes, or well, on te- at least not, no, maybe not in your house. Ma- yeah. Okay, but but
0: like around, or around. you've seen it on yeah on TV or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: So they're medium-sized rodents, similar in appearance to mice but larger. Mm-hmm. There you go. True. The uh, true rats are members of the genus Rattus, and that's the most important.
0: What? I was about to be like, are they called Raddus Rattus? They are. <laughs> I love that I remember that. It's
1: yeah, they're so easy. most important of which to humans is the black rat, which is Rattus Raddus. Uh-huh. but also the brown rat, which is the one that we'll find most commonly in the U.S. and mm-hmm. a lot of other places, which is Rattus norvegicus, or also known as the Norway rat. Oh, okay, but they're not from Norway. Oh, not even. That's somebody what? just made some shit up.
0: That's amazing. Yeah.
1: The genus Rattus, or tree rats, is the largest genre of mammals and includes up to or as many as 78 species, but I saw different numbers for that. So give or take. Mm. Give or take some species. I'm sure there's still somewhere out there that or people are still taxonomists are still arguing about it. Um, they're actually native to Southeast Asia. Oh, And even Australia, they have their own little rats, too. Yeah. And some nearby islands. It's crazy because they all originally started there only.
0: They weren't anywhere else. Wow.
1: Yeah. They're often known as, obviously, agricultural pests or Mm -hmm. vectors of disease. Mm -hmm. And they have spread a lot of diseases. They eat a lot of food crops. They chew through electrical wires and so forth. So a lot of people don't love them. Mm -hmm. We don't love them. But they do serve a purpose. We'll talk about that in a little bit. They also have important roles in laboratory research, ecological food chains. It's, it happens. Mm-hmm. And of course, we talked about people love to have them as pets. They're super adaptable, obviously, to almost any environment and live symbiotically with humans. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, most successful mammalian species living on Earth today, followed by the house mouse.
0: That's crazy. The
1: only continent without rats is Antarctica. Antarctica. It's too freaking cold. Mm. So rats, mostly they mature very rapidly and they only live for about a year or two. Mostly. Like that's very common. Mm -hmm. The black rat reaches sexual maturity in 80 days. And the longest recorded lifespan was four years old or four years and two months. Just like geriatric. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing that was in a laboratory or like situation because I don't know how else, unless you tag them in your yard, (laughs) you're watching them outside. So female rats can mate with multiple males in a single day and they can produce up to 12 litters a year, averaging about eight babies in each one. So one single pair and they're mating young, which reach sexual maturity at four to five weeks. Could collectively produce over 1,000 rats during their first year.
0: Dang.
1: Yes, I know. That's a lot. That's a lot of rats. <laughs> it's, a lot of, it's a lot of babies. <laughs> it's a lot of babies. They're omnivores mostly. They eat both plant and animal foods. They're generalists and not bound to one specialized way of life.
0: Smart. So that's... That's how you get it done.
1: That's how you get it done, right? There are exceptions to this, and those are the mole rats of Africa, which, Mm. especially the naked mole rat, which are highly specialized. So they live almost their entire lives underground eating bulbs, roots, and tubers. Mm -mm. It's cute. There's fish-eating rats of South America. They swim in streams to catch small fish. I don't want to see that. What? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. Yeah. Kangaroo rats of North America... Which, aren't they super cute? They're super cute. They, yes. We've talked about them before. They live, yes. live in deserts, and they don't hardly even need to drink anything. Right. So they get the water they need from seeds and insects that they eat. Then there's the marmoset rat of Southeast Asia. They feed mainly on bamboo and build its nest in bamboo stems.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah.
1: Smart. The largest rat species are the muskrats of North America, and it weighs about one and a half to four pounds. And then there's a giant tree rat of New Guinea, <laughs> make its face right now, which can weigh as much as four and a half pounds. Rats typically have eight, four, or five fingered hand, which
0: I'm like, oh, like one of their hands has four or five fingers. Well, I'm just
1: saying, maybe four. different species. Oh, have, they either, either have, four have four or five. Or five. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So some of them, the ones, the rats of Nim definitely had five. Oh, for sure. They could unlock cages and stuff. Yeah, they could yeah. do stuff.
1: The whiskers serve as a sense organ. Mm -hmm. So the whiskers are more sensitive than our fingertips. When they brush those long hairs against objects or the floor, it helps them build a detailed picture of their environment because Mm -hmm. they actually can't see very well.
0: Oh, that's like, I mean, that's kind of like cats. I mean, cats can see really well, but also... Whiskers right. are like super important. Sure.
1: And then we know they have this long tail, which is hairless and disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the one thing I just couldn't. I'm like, I just I can't do the pet thing. The tail. The tail. Yeah. If it was a fluffy tail, I feel like rat, it would be a whole different situation. And then for we're talking rats. about
0: squirrels. <laughs>
1: <It was> like, <laughs> kind of. But yeah. But their tails are used to keep balance and also mm-hmm. to keep them cool, Like which I guess is why there's no hair. Do they sweat? No, they actually can direct some of their body heat out through their tails. Oh, okay. They're also really good swimmers, which is horrifying. They can hold their breath for several minutes. And I think later I talk about it a little bit more, but we'll get
0: there. That's how the rats, of the the mom, like the kids, the mice, you know, like they were okay when they went under the mud is because they could hold their breath. For many minutes, I guess
1: I don't really remember. I'd have to. I need to go um, back and watch at the, the movie.
0: I kind of like, like towards the end, the block that all the, the kids are goes in the mud. Goes in the mud. It sinks all. I the thought way it down. was in like
1: an air bubble or something.
0: No. Oh, I, you just assume they're dead. I mean, they sit around for a while before she like picks up the thing and it comes out of the mud
1: because her necklace.
0: Yeah, because yeah. of her magical powers that no one explains.
1: <laughs> Mrs. Jonathan Frisbee. <laughs> that just bugs. It bugs me too. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. So give her a name. Anyway, so they're mainly nocturnal. They live underground and we rarely see them, which is also creepy Mm -hmm. because they're very good at staying out of sight. Unless you live in New York. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. Oh, God. Uh, But all rodents, they all have this. They have two incisors on the upper and the lower jaw. People think they need to chew on things to keep them Short. short, but they just actually they just gnaw their teeth together, like rub them together. And that actually does the trick.
0: They all have TMJ. TMJ. <laughs> yeah.
1: So the actually the word rodent comes from the Latin word for nine. Oh, there you go. Did you know that?
0: I did not. There's know There's something
1: you can say at the next party you go to. Did you know that the word of "rodent" actually is Latin for "milk"? That's gonna
0: get me a lot of dates, Jen. <laughs> Just standing there with like my drink, like you with know, your no... ba-
1: your Bailey's on
0: ice. <laughs> yeah, no context.
1: They're like <laughs> no context. They're like she was talking about rodents and drinking milk. I don't know. <laughs> <from her." laughs>
0: is she okay? Are you sure? <laughs>
1: I mean, did you know it's illegal to drink unpasteurized <laughs> milk just all your weird facts <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so their teeth actually grow is five inches a year
0: can you imagine if they couldn't oh,
1: that no. would just be more
0: hideous that'd just be straight into their brains that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the number one way rats die just their teeth just go straight yeah. into their brains yeah
1: I wonder, like, if they're born in their teeth, their jaw doesn't line up well. Mm. They would just have, like, weird. Anyway, let's not think about that.
0: That's great. Thanks, Uh John.
1: But they can chew through freaking anything. Electrical wires, cinder blocks, lead pipes. What? Everything. That's not healthy. Forget about it. (laughs)
0: Like, if you live in a building,
1: they're coming in. They can also hear really well, including sounds that are too high-pitched for us to hear. And they smile with their ears. Nope. Isn't that cute?
0: That's great. When they're
1: happy, their ears relax, become droopy and slightly pinker.
0: Okay, that is kind of cute.
1: Here's some more fun facts for your next party. (laughs) Rats have belly buttons. What? Yeah, I don't like it. That's kind of cute. I don't really like it. Have you ever seen a male rat?
0: (laughs) Have I seen?
1: Their testicles. This is something I found online and I'm just like, I can't. (laughs) I need you to help me understand it. This is what it says. I know their testicles are huge. Like, it's weird. And that's another reason I'd be like, nope, can't have a male rat as a pet. Because it's just like, please stop rubbing your testicles on me. (laughs) But rat testicles are two times the size of those of a 400-pound gorilla. What? (laughs) Please, please help me understand this (laughs) process, this fact.
0: Okay, we needed a break.
1: We had to take a moment. There was too much... That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot to process. Yeah. I'm well, wondering... I need to understand what a 400-pound gorilla <laughs> balls look like in order for me to process this, which I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> but I. But they do have super big testicles. Right. Like, they drag mm. them around.
0: I feel like they're making a comparison. Like, you know, this is to this as this is to this kind of situation. So, it's like, whatever, how, however many pound gorilla it's like two times the size of, like, that proportion, maybe. It's like how big the rat's
1: testicles are. Do you need There's... me to read it again? I need... rat <laughs> no,
0: testicles no, no. are two <laughs> times the
1: size of those of a 400 pound gorilla. Meaning... A four hundred pound gorilla has way smaller, half the size of like balls tiny. of a rat.
0: Wow! <laughs> I mean, that's a real insult to a gorilla. Do you, do you think there's like rats in the jungle with the gorillas? <laughs> they're just, the, just just like swinging just their like balls, swinging their balls. Right? <laughs> just like come at me, bro. <laughs> just like they're they're, just, they're like the so short, much manhood, the, the short kings of the forest. You know, it's yeah. Oh god. That's how they've made it so far in this world. We, they need that because they got to have sex. I mean, they you were saying they mate like all the time. Yeah. Like constant. You got to have like a million babies. Yes. So they got to carry around it. a lot of... They got to be ready. They got to be packing, Jen. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, God. A rat can fall as far as 50 feet and land uninjured. That makes a lot... I, now I understand a lot of things.
1: I wonder... If their balls are
0: injured, <laughs> <laughs> that's how they're not injured. It is like takes the impact. It's an impact, but it's okay because they're so big; it doesn't matter.
1: Okay, next, <laughs> a rat can go longer than a camel without having a drink of water.
0: Oh wow, that's
1: this is amazing. Really,
0: they're just designed to take over the world. So, also,
1: we all think they're so disgusting, but they're actually very clean, just like cockroaches. Really.
0: Yeah, I think I did a science news way back, but there's uh, cockroaches are constantly cleaning themselves. I don't even care. I hate
1: them. <laughs> and why do they smell so bad then?
0: Uh, maybe that's just their smell.
1: Ugh. Well, they're groom like cats, like constantly grooming themselves, mm. you know, licking their fur. They even comb it into place like with their teeth. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's gross. I mean, but it's cute. Yeah. If sure. you love rats, it's cute. Rats can't vomit or burp. Wait, what? Yeah, they can't, which is why rat bait works really well because they can't vomit it up. They've developed this super sensitive food avoidance method. So when they find a new food, they'll taste like a teeny bit of it. And if it makes them feel sick, they avoid it forever.
0: It's like those directions on the back of every cleaning supply that you never read where it says like test a small bit on the side of here or whatever you're cleaning. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, but we don't.
0: But we don't. We just
1: use it all. And then we're like, eh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and they also have very good memories i think we know this from all the research right yeah they go through mazes and do
0: things they push buttons they're really
1: smart so they remember when something they're like nope i'm not going to eat that there's a a lot of areas now where people are having to use different kinds of bait or Mm -hmm. rodenticides because it's not working anymore so remember when i said they're great swimmers yes They can tread water for three days straight. Come on. Three days straight. And here's the thing. If you flush them down the toilet. No. They can return to the building where they were flushed from the same route. And yes, that means they can come up
0: your toilet. Why are you telling me these things? It's just nightmare fuel. Because it's still Halloween. Who flushes rats down the toilet? Well, okay. Here's what I think. Well, yeah,
1: we don't know. Right. Sure. If you don't have anywhere else to put it. You just fling it out the window or...
0: But it's fine. At 50 feet, it's going to survive. Any... <laughs> it's <way>. going to survive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do. Okay. No, but I was thinking, like, what if it came up your toilet? And then, I mean, you'd be flushing the shit out of that toilet to try to make it go back down. Mm. I would just run.
0: Really, I think if a rat came up the toilet and I saw it happen, yeah, right, like because that would be like close the, the timing, right? <laughs> just walk away. No, I think I would put on gloves and get a bucket and try to get it out of my house. I don't think I would reflush it back down because I would worry that it would get stuck. And it would just yeah, and then your pipes get all messed up. And there's up. gonna be then I'm gonna have to like plunge it out. No, yeah, I think I would try to. I think I would try to like f- yeah somehow fling it outside.
1: I don't know. All these
0: scenarios. Now I'm never going to be able to sit down without looking. (laughs) I don't think it's an
1: issue here, but in some places it is. It's true. Yeah. So the reason that they can fit into these like pipes and small, tiny spaces. Oh God, you're
0: going to tell me something. Is that
1: they have ribs that are hinged at the spine so they can collapse in. So they can squeeze through like the tiniest spots.
0: This is hurting my brain.
1: It's like my dog Goldie. She can get out. She is the largest.
0: <laughs> she's actually dog. She's actually the biggest rat ever.
1: She can get out of any <laughs> small space it's true. in our fence. She's a freaking Houdini. She is. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. I have a lot of respect. <laughs> um so the black rat, Rattus rattus, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was naturally or is naturally a tree dwelling species. Has found nesting places in uh and food and barns, houses, and other buildings that's and they spread around the world. That's kind of cool that they're
0: <clears throat> tree species. I kind of like to think of them like a little squirrel with a hairless yeah. tail. Yeah.
1: Ew. So they were <clears throat> commonly found in Europe by the time of the Roman Empire. They also referred to them as roof rats or ship rats. Hmm. The brown rat, like I said, also known as the Norway rat and also called a sewer rat, is a ground dweller. And it naturally digs and burrows near water. In sewers. In sewers. It's disgusting. It gradually spread out of Asia and reached Europe in the 1700s and North and South America soon after. So brown rats mostly live low to ground and sometimes sometimes in sewers. Hmm. In some buildings, brown rats live in basements. So black rats would be in your attic. So there you go. Oh, okay. Good times.
0: Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> They're coming at you from all sides.
1: Everywhere. Up your toilet, in your attic, your basement. Yesua. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> there was a study in May of 2022, so mm-hmm. not too long mm-hmm. ago, where they looked at new ancient DNA analysis. <laughs> so ancient <laughs> DNA um, and it shed light on how the Black Rat, which was blamed for spreading the Black Death, mm. dispersed across Europe. And that revealed that the rodent colonized to the continent on two occasions in the Roman and medieval periods. The study was led by the University of York, along with University of Oxford, and the Max Planck Institutes for Science of Human History. Mm. There's more to that. But it's, so it's the first ancient genetic study of the species, also known as the ship rat. They're basically saying that these two times Mm -hmm. in history is when there was a lot of long-range trade, where people were taking ships Ah. and trading goods. And that's when they had their first waves or new waves of black rats. Ah. The first introduced rat from the old world spread widely and was eventually eradicated, but not by us. Mm -hmm. The black rat was notorious for spreading the Black Plague. Like I said, it came aboard ships to America, infesting Virginia by 1609 Mm -hmm. and New England by the end of the 17th century. It would continue to jump ships from Europe and become the uncontested king of human garbage deposits. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the U.S.'s Atlantic seaports. But they eventually would disappear. Around 1775, with, like, crazy expanding world trade Mm -hmm. the bigger more aggressively intolerant brown or norway rat arrived in the u.s established itself and in a rodent war of historical proportions they say savaged all the black rat populations throughout new england say what yeah so the brown rat eradicated the black rat came
0: in and was like look at these balls (laughs) (laughs) they just swung them around and Skibbity like, bap them on the head of them. <laughs> Skibbity <bap. laughs> Just murder. They're just dead. Just X's just on their eyes. Just testicle murder.
1: Uh, so the Black Rats were mostly gone by 1900 and fully extirpated from Massachusetts by the 1930s. Cool. <laughs> I have to cut that. I don't think anybody was thinking of that. Yeah. Were you thinking of that? Nope. Nope. Right. A few would show up periodically, but for a very short time. As business continues to inadvertently reintroduce them, either from abroad or from our southern states, where they are remained ab- abundant. Oh. But as soon as they would go up north, the
0: brown rats would just... So the brown rat doesn't like the south. Is it too hot for them or something?
1: I don't really know, but they are still found in the southern states. All right. So you can get the buboes. that. Sweet. So you know. <laughs>
0: I did read this thing once or I saw something maybe it was like a history channel thing or whatever that it was like you know we when we talked about I think it was last Halloween we talked about black cats Uh and witches and all that stuff right or yeah we did yeah and it was like I guess because there was such a kill off of cats Uh then the rat population exploded and that was like one of the major causes for the boobos.
1: Yeah, but I'm gonna talk about that.
0: Oh, okay. because
1: there's some new research now mm. that have changed things. Well, it's not new, new, but sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, University of Florida. I thought this was good, and I know you'll love this. Florida University of Florida researchers looked at the behavior of the species in several African villages, and they found that rodents stayed away when any household pets, like cats or dogs, mm-hmm. were present. But also that they tended to venture back into the space if there was a dog present. If there was a cat present, the rodents would not come back into the home. Smart. Good job, kitty cats. You know why? Because... I read this, too. I read this because my <laughs> my husband, like, he tolerates our cat. Yeah. I mean, he likes him. Yeah. But he tolerates him. And I was like, listen to this. Let me just tell you. Because we have rats yeah. here on Guam. We have yeah. lots of rats.
0: Well, you're also lucky because you have a rat killer dog. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're, they're all pretty good, but... We have almost an acre and my our my chicken coop is way up in the back corner yeah. of our property. and the rats like to hang around up there. Mm-hmm. There's one that I know for sure lives inside the coop because I always have to kind of clean. The rat doesn't stay where they lay their eggs, right they, There's like three boxes and they always <laughs> lay in the one. and the rat stays on the other side. And I've never seen the rat. I think he just goes in there at night. Yeah, he brings things up there, he or she. Making a little nest. Makes a little nest and stays there. And I'm just like, well, whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's not doing anything to hurt anybody. Yeah. So I just leave it. I mean, I don't want to fight them. You're over it. I'm over it.
0: I know you had like a war there for a while.
1: We were having a full war. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just gave up. I'm like, just live your
0: lives. they were like, we wore her down. <laughs> I think Victory! That's, that's what
1: happens. Yeah. Hence why they're amazing colonizers.
0: I mean, they could probably never make it here at my house. No. Too many cats. Too many cats. Yeah.
1: But I've never seen them really. Well, they're definitely not in our house, Mm -hmm. but they are rarely around our house because, because of the dogs. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about rats in New York City. Let's do it. Because I know that is where a lot of the hate comes from. Synonymous. Yes. Yeah. In 2014, Animal Planet named New York City the worst rat city in the world. Yikes compared to other cities within the US but they I'm, said in the world but I, are they only comparing them to other cities in the US? Right. So, but compared to other cities in the in the United States it indicates that New York is particularly well suited for rats the conclusion is based on characteristics such as human population patterns public sanitation practices climate housing construction standards and other variables let me just say that my niece recently went to New York City for the very first time yeah and somebody was peeing on the road um and on the sidewalk somewhere. Sure. And then her partner stepped in human feces on the sidewalk. I you know. (laughs) And they were like, we don't like it. (laughs) 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 She had to buy a new pair of shoes. And I was like, I understand. I had a great time in New York. But
0: Yeah, I mean, there's stuff. (laughs) I went to New York as a very small child. Uh Um, I'm sure more than once, but I don't remember any of it because I was a very small child. Right. And then I went to New York one time since then, a few years ago, with one of our Peace Corps friends, and we met some other Peace Corps friends. Oh, yeah, I remember that story. And it was was overwhelming. Like, we went to Greenpoint, right? Or anyway, it's like... Brooklyn, question mark, <laughs> Queens. I don't know. I don't know these boroughs. Anyway, we went there and I was like, we just sat in a restaurant and just sheer quantity of people and it never let up. There was never a moment no, where there stops. were no people. No. It was constant people all the time. Yeah. And I was like, I could never live here. There's no way. Yeah. Like, I don't even like, it was okay to visit. Not so bad. Yeah. Um,
1: I loved it. It's just a mindset. I found it really fun, and oh, I thought man. the people were super nice. They're just different. It's just yeah. so many different oh, no, people. super different. But it, but I just thought the people were f- really funny and nice. I thought it was fun. And there's so much to do, and you could just walk out of your apartment and walk over here and get something to eat and go, go over here and go mm-hmm. check this thing out. I don't know. I thought it was super cool. I
0: did like that everything was within walking distance. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of cool. But there's just something about... I think the quantity of people, and it might have just been where we were because there was like a park kind of close by. Mm -hmm. It just felt almost like suffocating just because of the constant movement. We got a little bit intoxicated. Uh We drank some sangria (laughs) and that is how I made it through that trip was just being. I've been, I've
1: been a couple of times. I went with a friend of mine who's from there Yeah, and she took me to a speakeasy. We went to all these cool places. Right, right, right. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I love New York. I would, I think I could live there, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, it's not, it obviously not happening. Listen, I could live upstate New York. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Well, so, so basically, the numbers of rats in New York is it varies from anywhere, and this is based on, you know, a lot of different studies. Sure. It's based on anywhere from 2 million to 35 million. <laughs> so
0: just somewhere <laughs> in there. Someplace in there, someplace between two be and two. thirty-five. Could be thirty-five,
1: right? Fine. So a lot of people say there's five rats per person living in New York City. So you so always do the have math.
0: you always have a friend. Yeah,
1: five friends, five friends, and probably you know two or three out of five would have ginormous balls. <laughs> so <laughs> that's perfect. That's, that's extra right there. That's perfect. You can't find that in most of your friends. Just saying. It's, you know,
0: it's true. <laughs> That's the truth.
1: Let's talk about some recent lawsuits in New York City oh, God. that um, have to do with rats. I think you might remember this. I remembered it when I read it and I was like, bah. I remember telling my husband like, good God, <laughs> can you <laughs> believe this happened? Because it only happened, both of these happened in 2020. Okay. So there was something about The pandemic, right? We all know that animals came out when people went in. They were like... And it happened. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, no. The first story is of this poor man. His name is Leonard Shoulders. He's 33. He was just like... I don't know if he was walking by a bus stop or just standing at a bus stop waiting Mm -hmm. uh, in the Bronx area. The concrete below him cracked and he fell into a hole a sinkhole, if you will. It just, it broke and he fell. He fell into a 15 foot deep hole of darkness that was teeming
0: with rats. Nope. (laughs) It's like, I knew where you were going. I knew what you were going to say. He was stuck for 30 minutes. Absolutely not.
1: New Yorkers that were there described his ordeal as a nightmare. Rats crawling on him and he cannot move, his brother said, he told CBS News. He didn't want to yell because he was afraid that they were going to be rats that would go inside his mouth. Holy shit. So the firefighters were called to the scene. I mean, it's on C... You can see this happen. It's on CCTV. Like, there was a camera that's captured it all. Oh, God. You can see him just, like, completely disappear into the pavement. I mean... The odds. The
0: odds. The but see, odds. in New
1: York, the odds are much greater,
0: right? Because <laughs> yes, there's a yeah, lot yeah. more people.
1: One witness said, I looked down and the guy was only moving his hand. So maybe he was like reaching up and like he could just see only the hands. Just like te- tears streaming down his face. When they finally got him out, he was taken on a stretcher into an ambulance. He had injuries to his face because it scraped his face when he fell in. Mm. And his arms and his legs. But he was okay. Just completely traumatized. And his mother said, he said he went straight down and he was falling, falling, but the debris was falling and hitting him in the head. So there you go.
0: D- he got a settlement, right? Did the, did the New York City uh, just write him a big fat check for? I'm
1: not sure what came out of the lawsuit or if it was done. I didn't
0: go that far into it, but yeah, yeah. they should pay him at least a few trillion dollars they should pay him 35 million dollars because that's the top amount of rats that might be (laughs) existing (laughs) 35 million yeah that's insane that's insane
1: just the thought there was a building there that had Mm -hmm. a basement or a cellar and it's a really old rundown building and that's what happened so he basically fell into the cellar or basement of This really nasty rundown building.
0: The only thing holding up that building were the sheer number of rats. Yes. That's it. I feel like that is a nightmare. A personal hell Uh and also an episode of Fear Factor. You know what I mean? And that is (laughs) a
1: solid 30 minutes. That's the longest 30 minutes of your life. Of your life.
0: He's probably still living that 30 minutes. I mean, I hope he goes to therapy. I would need a lot, a lot of therapy after that.
1: I hope he got so much money that he's living in the tallest high rise. <laughs> <laughs> and people carry him around so he never has to fall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wish him all the best. I really do. Uh
0: or medically sealed bubble. He's yes. Just living in yeah. Did he have any injuries from the rats? I don't know. Cause you would think, you know, if you like had scraped your face and it's like bloody.
1: I wonder how many rats it was. I'm sure there were a lot of rats, yeah. but I don't think it's okay. Oh, Let's move on to the next uh, the next case. I can't wait. The next lawsuit. This was a 45 year old handyman named Robert Peterson. He was tasked with installing a new wall at a building in the West Village. Mm-mm. He was told it would involve cleaning up rat droppings, so he asked for protective gear. Like PPE, yeah, and his boss allegedly told him to stop being a baby
0: and just do his damn job. Listen, OSHA is a thing; it's a real what thing, people. Here are we living in? <laughs> Who is this guy? I know, right? Come on.
1: As he was working, he said he was cleaning up. What's this is in quotes: rat feces and rat urine mm-hmm. on soaked pieces of insulation. He explained there were dead rats and there were live rats running all around me. They were trying to come out when I was trying to plaster the wall. The problem came when he was called back to do another job to repair a hole in the ceiling. He wasn't given protective gear and said when he put his head in the hole while fixing the ceiling, no! the rats were running all around my head.
0: This is a this is so horror. Then,
1: as he's working on it, the ceiling. Falls in on him. Shut up. He said, the whole thing came down on me. Rats, feces, you name it, he told the New York Post. You cringe. I don't like rats, mice. I don't like any kind of rodents. I was disgusted. You feel grossed out. You are itching and scratching. He was covered in welts and then started vomiting, which landed him in the hospital. Mm. And he is suing.
0: Uh, Yes. I'd be taking that, that boss to court. Just personal. And then also work (laughs) like so many, so many lawsuits. So
1: here's the question. Would you rather the rats (laughs) fall on you or would you rather fall into the rats?
0: I mean, that's a great question, Jen. (laughs) I'm going to go with... Neither. (laughs) Neither. But I would rather that I fall into the rats because the idea of being showered with rats and feces and urine, because at least if you're falling into the rats... It's not falling down on you. You know what I mean? Like just. No. See, I'm I'm the opposite. I I love that we're so
1: different. I would rather them fall on me Mm -hmm. because then I would just run the hell away as fast as I could. But Mm -hmm. when you fall into it, he's just stuck.
0: He's just stuck. He He couldn't get
1: out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're just standing there. Okay. Helpless until somebody
0: pulls you out. Mm -hmm. Somebody Mm -hmm. Rapunzel's you out of there. Mm Seriously. Seriously. I don't know. I think it's the I think it's the no PPE and the urine and feces <laughs> the, raining down things. on you. I would never be able to shower enough. Like I would be <laughs> living my life in a scalding hot shower. I would die from showering too much. So yeah. think about it, people. Let us know. Oh, God. Which would you rather?
1: If you mm. had to choose. Mm. OK, one more last insane thing. Oh, as God. long as we're um, grossing out about rats, let's yes. talk about rat kings.
0: Uh I don't know
1: if any of you guys have seen it. It's a little urban legendy, yeah. Because some people think it's not true, right? But I kind of think it could. It could happen. I could see it. So a rat king occurs when you have a mass of rodents whose tails become stuck together by either some sort of strong adhesive or by becoming so knotted that they can't escape each other, right? And then they just become one big being because they can't untangle. Then they end up just moving around together. Probably one or some will start dying and then they're just dragging dead ones until they all die.
0: Right. I have heard this is like a hoax. I've heard that it's it happens a lot during winter because they all huddle together. Uh-huh. And I will say that, like, the idea of Rat King is disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. It's super disgusting. It's super creepy. But I do kind of question, because you were saying that their tails are so super duper sensitive. Yeah. That how would how would that happen? Because you would think that the tails would be like, oh,
1: that's exactly. And I think that's what a lot of people think. But so supposedly the largest rat king on record is 32 rats. That's a lot of rats. It's displayed at a museum in Altenburg, Germany. Mm. And it says that, yeah, there's a lot of debate. It comes from a myth that out of all the rats in a pile of rats, there's one wise rat who sits on the rest of the rats and like rides around yeah that's cool um if you end up traveling back in time to the 16th century and see a rat king you need to run away most ancient rat king sightings run parallel to deaths or famine okay so it's no wonder that they were seen as a bad omen Mm. also it's a pile of rats and no one was ever like sweet that looks awesome i love that i feel like this is like a good omen no So, it's most likely that all those rats brought plague along with them, uh, cementing the status as the worst kind of super evil bad omen. Yeah. Yeah. One researcher in Estonia decided to get down to the nitty gritty and see why all these rats were sticking together. And it turns out that a bunch of things need to happen in order for there to be a true rat king. This researcher believes that the rats have to be huddled together in the cold, like you were saying, All right. on sandy ground and blood, mud, or a different kind of sticky substance. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even want to think about that too much. Needs to be involved for the rats to actually form a king. So it would be like a bonding agent. And that would have to act... Quickly, because they're not known for like sitting around, like chilling out, like chatting. Yeah, it's true. Like, drinking a mimosa. Yeah, yeah. As much sense as that makes, it's still a scenario that only survives under the best circumstances. So probably not. Yeah. They're saying that there's only two true rat king specimens that they think are real. Right. So super rare. And the last recorded sighting of a rat king was in Estonia in 2005. But because it's so rare and possibly not even a real, real thing, yeah. They're in kind of in the realm of cryptozoology. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And even if it did happen, they wouldn't live for very long. It's not like they could cruise around like that and
0: like live their best lives. There's just just like they somehow communicate together. All right. Everybody rotate together to the left. You guys, let's go.
1: Come on. (laughs) Not that way. (laughs) Anyway. So, Megan, do they carry diseases? Do they? Hell yeah, they do. (laughs) They carry a lot of diseases, a lot of fatal diseases. Or, you know, ones that give you like a nice rash or a digestive issue. It
0: sounds wonderful. And they
1: can spread through bites, scratches, contaminated food, furniture that's contaminated, air, or rodent-hosted fleas, ticks, and mites. Oh, God. And this can be anything from hantavirus. That's a lethal disease. We kind of, you've heard about it, right? I have, I have. Yeah, it's spread through defecations, and infected rodents. Feces. Feces. That's the poops. It was first discovered in 1993 and traced throughout North America. And it's deadly. Can be deadly. Anyway. Mm. Murine typhus. It's a global disease that humans can catch via rat fleas. Uh, And it is carried by infested rats year-round in tropical climates during hotter months throughout the rest of the world. That one's not good. Rat bite fever. Rat bite
0: (laughs) fever.
1: It's a bacterial disease spread through rat bites, (laughs) scratches, (laughs) or anything contaminated with rat poops. Salmonella.
0: There you Mm. go.
1: Leptospirosis. That's a Mm. pretty common one we know around here. And there's another one: eosinophilic meningitis. That sounds great. Yeah. So inflammation of the brain and spinal membranes. Good times. And then there is the plague. The bubonic plague. So there was a study published in January 2017 in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Researchers simulated Black Death outbreaks in European cities and tried to understand how the plague was spread. Mm -hmm. So in their simulations, they looked at three possible models for infection, rats, airborne transmission, and flea and ticks that humans carry around with them on their bodies and clothes. Oh, fun. So guess what? It was a human thing. It was a human. (laughs) Of course it was. So rats have long been blamed for spreading the Black Death around Europe in the 14th century. Specifically, historians speculated that fleas on rats are responsible for the estimated 25 million plague deaths between 1347 and 1351. Mm. Remember we were talking about just like bodies everywhere all over the place? Bring out your dead. So what they did is they dug up. They dug up some old plague bodies. What? Yeah, and they found even the rats. They tested everything. They were able to to actually do some comparisons on that. Well, these were mo- this one was models, but they since yeah. in 2018 they did another one where they actually dug it up. That's rough. Um in most of the cities the model that focused on fleas and ticks on humans was the most accurate model for explaining the spread of the disease. And previous studies have backed up these findings. The consensus seems to be that the plague was spread too fast for rats to be the culprit carriers. Oh, snap. Yeah, it would likely, and this is one of the professors, it would likely, oh, sorry, it would be unlikely to spread as fast as it did if it were transmitted by rats. It would have to go through this extra loop of the rats rather than being spread from person to person.
0: Jeez. Because
1: everyone back then had lice.
0: Yeah. And fleas. No, it's, it's true.
1: I mean, they were just funky as hell. So there you go. So stop blaming the rats for your, wow. your boobos. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, here's another fun one. Let's talk about rat torture because I know you want to know. Oh, I want to know. I know you do. I've
0: watched a lot of, uh, you know, historical dramas. There's a lot of bad ways to be
1: tortured, but I think we can all agree that the rat torture method is probably the worst. I'd say it's up there. It's got to be. I mean, let yeah. us know.
0: But I, to me, this is this is the worst. The way it, they did it. Oh what what? Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's like, do you want to be uh, quartered? like hung and quartered uh huh, or have a rat tied to your belly
1: oh quartered
0: let's yeah
1: i saw or i don't want to be flayed I don't want okay that.
0: yeah i, don't I mean want that. I don't want none of these <laughs> <laughs> i'm like in what situation would we be like possibly flayed uh like how is that where would we can i not be flayed can <laughs> we just just a Hello, me over here. <laughs> this question. <laughs> no
1: flight. <play. laughs> no flight. Add this to the list of conversations at your next party. <laughs> okay, so this involved placing a rat inside a half cage and on top of the person's abdomen. Mm-mm. Then the cage is slowly heated. Mm. And so the rats, trying to escape the heat, begin to gnaw and burrow into your stomach with sharp claws and teeth. It quickly gnaws its way into the bowels and excruciating pain and terror ensues a slow
0: horrible death
1: And you know the thing when I when I look at this I really feel sorry for the rats too because yeah. I bet they're like we don't want to do this we don't want
0: to do this at all we They're don't. just responding to stimuli Yeah they're, they, they they're, just wanna get they're out. in a
1: bad situation too Yeah I bet they sit around and talk about it like Which would, have would a, you rather
0: They have a rat podcast <laughs> Would you rather have to burrow through a human's intestines okay <laughs> Or would, you? or would you rather be flayed? Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Which one, you guys? <laughs> and they're all like,
1: oh, it's so gross.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> but not flaying. Not flaying. Not flayed. Definitely not flaying. Anything but flayed. So one of the
1: first documented <laughs> uses of this technique occurred in the 17th century Europe during the Dutch revolt. The Dutch, man. Hardcore. Jesus. Dutch leader Diedrich Sone. Famously used this technique against prisoners that they captured. It was also used in the late 20th century. There was a Chilean... 20th century, Megan. Jeez. Yeah, you know I'm saying.
0: Come on. There was a
1: Chilean dictator, this guy, Augusto Pinochet. He did this kind of rat torture. He was around from 1973 to
0: 1990. No. And he did that. That's some... Jeez. So, I don't even think the mob would do that to people. You know what I mean? Like... I'm really sorry, but it's going
1: to get a little worse for just a second. and we're oh going to turn God. it around. They also came up with this really other horrible thing.
0: Is it a cage on the head?
1: Instead of placing the rats against the flesh, they also used a tube to guide the rats inside the prisoner's body through the rectum or vagina.
0: No, no.
1: Yeah. they. This happened, you guys. Not that long ago. Anyway. So <laughs> this on. also happened I'm during the Tower of London. So they had rooms or a room referred to as the Rats Dungeon. And this room, it was pitch black in the cell. And it sat underneath the high tide mark, like the waterline of the Thames River. So when the river came up, the rats swept up from the shores and would float in because, you know, they can swim. Yeah, yeah. And because they're just like in the water. So they're trying to crawl up people. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. that happened
0: what what, what, let me just what is (laughs) what is it about humans human what is wrong with us that we were like hey look at this species It's It's all all about power and we're just gonna like who thought up these things and we're supposed to be like civilized and like i mean jesus already happened you guys like how is it possible how is megan
1: megan's having a moment (sighs) (sighs) well you wanted to talk about it that's true. So that was <laughs> the most common way that rats were used in torture, that they were just locked in confined spaces with rats. I've heard other bad things, mm-hmm. like people being tied to things in like a cave and like cut open and then hungry rats. Like, you know, I've heard other, but I didn't yeah. read it in this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just terrible, really terrible. But I guess a lot of it was psychological because just the idea of a rat eating into you could mm. make you talk. Oh, yeah. So it worked without the person, the torturer, having to actually inflict a lot of pain on the person. They could pretty easily get what they wanted.
0: That psychological element was it was it went strong. What if? Hear me out. <laughs> no one was actually ever tortured with rats back in the day.
1: They just used it. And they then, just and yeah.
0: people drew pictures and they were like, check this out. This is what's going to happen to you. Or They're like,
1: here's the rat. Here's the thing. This is, is going to happen. happen
0: what if that didn't actually happen
1: and they were like "Flame me now <laughs>
0: right because it's not like we can say like pictures or it didn't happen because there were no you know no pictures. yeah so yeah. it's just like a guy over there drawing you... oh, i'm glad yeah. there were no pictures oh god
1: I think if there was facebook back then
0: i no lie that would be kind of funny that would be a funny parody
1: so as much as we are using rats to torture people mm-hmm. we also use rats in experiments and it's probably true. not in such cool ways True. So the domestication of rats actually started in England with the sport of rat baiting in which rats, which were mostly brown rats because remember, they're the ground dwellers, right, right, yeah. were put into a pit and killed by dogs. Mm. Captive rats were bred to provide a constant supply of contenders. No. From time to time, a white or a spotted rat would be born due to this uh, genetic mutation. Mm-hmm. And those were bred with each other, changing the gene pool and allowed them to become popular pets. Oh, yeah. In 1895, Clark University of Worst, Worcester, Barstachar? Massachusetts, not even <laughs> um, established a population of domestic white brown rats to study the effects of diet and for other psychological studies. So that's kind of where it started, 1895, when they started oh, okay. like, oh, we can use these rats. And those were the white or brown and white rats. Are they albino? Some no. Of them, or they're
0: just like white mutated? Like just a-, a white mutation. Okay, yeah.
1: So these domesticated rats are very different from the wild rats they're calmer and less likely to bite which is Mm -hmm. a good thing uh they can tolerate more i guess crowding i don't know what that means exactly like more rats around them yeah like they're they're cool
0: with like uh chilling out together
1: yeah i think so they breed earlier and produce more offspring and their brains livers kidneys adrenal glands and hearts are smaller The laboratory rat has made a lot of contributions in cardiovascular medicine, neural regeneration, wound healing. We've seen the rat that grew the ear. Oh yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. So creepy. I don't know how I feel about that, but Mm. I mean,
0: you want to have an ear, yeah, and you want advances in science, but then you kind of there's like it's mm. just
1: yeah. So wound healing, diabetes, transplantation, behavioral studies, and space motion sickness research. Um, They've also been used in testing drugs, safety of drugs, improved models in all these areas of research. They have given us new knowledge of the rat genome. They've contributed to more cures in research labs around the world than any other animal. Almost all disease-linked human genes have counterparts in the rat, pinpointing that these should help researchers to develop rat genetic models of human disease. I mean, really beneficial to Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. So we have to, like thank these little guys, right? They're also, their brains are larger than mice and they're less timid and more intelligent. Although they don't think like humans, some of their brain structure resembles the more primitive elements of our human brain. So they can mm-hmm. be used to model some of our behaviors. So we kind of know all that stuff. Yeah. They also, they have really great memories. So they're great for science. Some interesting things I learned is that in 2011, there was an experiment where rats were presented with chocolate chips or a caged rat, so they would first free the rat in the the caged rat, and then get the food and share it. Right? They would share. Mm-hmm. Aww, I thought that was. I mean, That's yeah, sweet. they're very social. Yeah. Similarly, they would ignore the lever. Same kind of study, but it was yeah. like if you push this lever, you get all this delicious chocolate,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or you can go save your friend who's drowning over there, and they would always save their friend. What? Mm-hmm. They're better than people. They're better than people, I'm telling you. In another study, rats who were trained to press a lever for food, that press the lever for food stopped pressing the lever once they saw that it also caused another rat to receive an electric shock. <laughs> yeah. So that's another thing is they're highly social. So without companionship, rats tend to become lonely and depressed. Mm. Yeah. Rats also succumb to peer pressure, just like humans. Brown rats are prone to disregard personal experiences in order to copy the behavior
0: of their peers. I think we did a science news on this. I vaguely remember. Oh, did we? Yeah, I think it was my science news because it was like they did a study where they put rats in like certain situations Uh and then over time there were like certain rats that behaved one way or another way because of like how the majority of rats behaved like the conditions that they were put in. So if they had like their own individual house, like spaces or something like that.
1: Yeah. So in this one, they said that they'll even choose to eat unpalatable food if they're in the company of other rats who are eating it. It's crazy.
0: So they're people pleasers or like rat pleasers.
1: Yeah. So now let's talk about Nim, The secret of? The rats of. So this all came about because there was a guy who was the mouse god. <laughs> okay. John Bumpus Calhoun, he was a researcher that he actually works. So NIM actually stands for the National Institute of Mental Health. It's real. And it's a real, real thing. Yeah. So he was studying the paper called Escaping the Laboratory, the Rodent Experiments of John B. Calhoun and Their Cultural Influence. I think some of you are probably familiar with this study, the, the rat utopia or the behavior sink. So he would basically... I don't want to read it all to you. I'm just going to tell you, and um, you can read more about it. Mm -hmm. But he built these different utopias for rats and with mice, Mm -hmm. where he would give them every single thing they needed. So there wasn't anything they would want for, and there were no predators. So basically, they had housing. I mean, it was clean. They had everything they needed. They had food. They had water and excess Yeah. And nothing to be afraid of. And instead of their population, like in the beginning, it would grow. But then all of a sudden, the behaviors would change. Whereas they would stop reproducing. There would be certain rats or mice that would become very aggressive and kill other ones. Mm -hmm. Some would just get depressed and die. No matter how he tried to change this perfect world, they would always die out. And it's really interesting So, yeah, things always took a turn for the worse. And they said such rapid growth put too much pressure on the mouse way of life. As new generations reach adulthood, many couldn't find mates or places in the social order, the mouse equivalent of a spouse or a job. Mm. And then there were spinster females. (laughs) (laughs) And they retreated way up in these high up nesting boxes where they lived alone, far from family and like neighborhoods. And then there were what they called washed up males <laughs> that gathered in the center of the universe. The universe is what they called it. Right. they the food where they fretted, languished, and attacked each other.
0: I definitely, it's like we laugh about the spinster female because uh-huh. I can, we can totally 100% relate uh-huh. to the idea of that. of yes. Just like living in your own, like solitary. Right. And then they said that then there were these overextended
1: mouse moms and dads began moving nests constantly to avoid their unsavory neighbors. Oh they also took their stress out on their babies, kicking mm-hmm. them out of the nest too early or even losing them during the moves. So there was just all this, there was like all this bad behavior. And so, in these studies were in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And they said just under two years into the study, the last baby was born, the population entered a swan dive, of perpetual senescence. And it's unclear exactly when the last resident of the universe They called it Universe 25, perished, but it was probably sometime in 1973. So they say paradise couldn't even last half a decade. Wow. He kept doing these studies again and again, and he said that he could never really fix it. Like, find a way to make it work. If you gave them everything, even like however you designed it, the same, the population would peak out.
0: I'm just going to throw it out there. This is how you fix it. You have to have like a random insane predator that comes around just every so often uh-huh. and wipes out. It's like that old, like black and white science fiction movie. It was like Utopia, right? Uh-huh. And like someone goes, was it? I think it was a time travel thing. They These people from the future show up. Or Go to the Future or something like that. And uh-huh. it's like this crazy utopia everyone's beautiful and happy and wonderful. But then underneath the ground are like these crazy monsters who every like month or something.
1: Yeah. And so that way people needed people. each other. Yeah. Yes.
0: I think the thing that was like so crazy about that movie was that when the creatures came up to kill the people, everybody was like cool with it. Like they were just kind of sitting there and and no one would try to help the people who were getting taken because they were like, this is just life, you know?
1: Oh, interesting. it was like
0: this level of uh, harmony and like huh. peace and like, yes, one day you will be taken by these monsters like, or die of old age. That's amazing. Well, it's yeah. kind of
1: like he said that most frightening, well, this is said most frightening are the parallels he draws between rodent and human society. Mm-hmm. And this is a quote. I shall largely speak of mice, he begins, but my thoughts are on man. Both species, he explains, are vulnerable to two types of death, that of spirit and that of body. He also said everybody wanted to hear the diagnosis and no one wanted to hear the cure. Mm. And gradually, he lost attention, I guess, funding because it was just like kind of the same result over and over. And in 1986, he retired from NIM, the National Institute of Mental Health. And nine years later, he passed away. But there was one person who paid a lot of attention to his more optimistic experiment. And that was writer Robert C. O'Brien. In the late 60s, O'Brien allegedly visited one of his labs, Calhoun's labs, mm-hmm. and met him while he was trying to build a true and creative rodent paradise. He took note of the frisbee on the door, the scientist's own attempt to help when things got too stressful, as Calhoun put it. And soon after, he wrote his frisbee and the rats of Nim."
0: Oh my gosh. There you go. Origin story. So fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Did he include a chapter about rat testicles? <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: I have not seen it yet. How come they weren't drawn in the cartoon? What about Ratatouille? Was oh, the room under
0: that hat? Just just <laughs> on that guy's head. <laughs> like he could have used his testicles to guide. Maybe that's really how it happened. But I think so.
1: <laughs> just flipping and flapping on one side <laughs> to the left or right. So as we know, rats make great pets. Mm -hmm. Like a pet dog, a pet rat can learn many tricks and even respond to its own name. Oh, that's cool. Pet rats can learn to sit up, fetch, jump through a hoop, come when called, and even walk on a tightrope. They can also be taught to solve puzzles, run through mazes, and perform tricks. They're also the only non-primate known to be ticklish.
0: They actually laugh. Shut
1: up. I know, right?
0: But what does a laugh sound like? <laughs> that was great
1: thank you here's something that's also really cool there's a place called the Karni mata temple or the rat temple of india this is the only temple in the whole wide world where rats are worshipped oh. it's a hindu place of worship it was dedicated to the 14th century sage and mystic Karni mata or the miracle goddess Karni Mata was a Hindu warrior, also known as the Sri Karniji Maharaj. She is worshipped as an incarnation of the warrior goddess Durga by her followers. The temple has visitors from all over the world that pay respects to rats at the temple and pray to the goddess. Oh. Uh, so you can find pictures. I put some pictures up and you can go see it. There's The legend goes that Karni Mata's son... Laxman, I think that's how you say the name, was trying to drink from a pond in Kapil Saravar. You're doing so good. <laughs> and accidentally drowned. And she was so bereaved or so sad that she begged the god of death, Yama, to revive him. And at first, Yama was like, no, I'm not doing that. But she convinced him, and he decided that he would let her son be reincarnated as a rat. Oh. The same went for all of her male children and clan. So it's thought that the rats, or kabas, are members of Karni Mata's family reincarnated. There you go. All right. So the innermost temple was thought to be constructed in the 15th century, around the time when the town of Dishnok was founded in 1470. So that's really old. That's really old. And they built the temple in honor of her. So you can go there today and you can see it. And you can buy treats for the rats. You can feed them. You can feed them. You can let them run up on your shoulder and Uh stuff. uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And no one knows how many rats there are that live inside the temple, but it's a lot. I've seen pictures. (laughs) Just go look at it. They say that there's an estimated 25,000 rats in there. It's a lot of rats. You can buy milk, sweets, ghee, or little packages. And they say that the rats in there are diabetic because they eat all the sweets. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sorry.
0: That's kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's true.
1: Here's a reason to appreciate rats. Okay. So I'll have you know that I watched this whole documentary and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So today, happening right now in parts of Africa and in Cambodia and some other places, rats are helping save lives and fight disease. There's this charity called Apopo, and they work with the Sokoin University of Agriculture in Tanzania, and they train African giant pouched rats to react to the scent of explosives so they can detect landmines. What? And that's happening in Tanzania, Mozambique, and Cambodia. So the term African pouched rats, and if you see them, they're actually cute. They have like like chubby cheeks. Yeah. They almost look more like squirrelish, and they're big. Yeah. And kind of more fluffy. It's just the tail. The tail. <laughs> they cover two species that live in sub-Saharan Africa. It's the Gambian pouched rat and the Emmons pouched rat. And there's a lot of confusion between the two species. They really look a lot the same, probably because they have a common ancestor. But there's no natural or human barrier separating the species in the wild. It's likely a result of specialism, like slightly different habitats. Anyway, so they live to be about eight years old. So that's pretty cool. And they've had some that live up to 10 or 11 years into retirement. So unlike the domestic rats, they have, like I said, cheek pouches like a hamster. And so they can get all these little nuts and store it underground, which is super cute. Yeah. And they're actually not allowed as pets in the U.S. because in 2003, there was a monkeypox outbreak that was associated with them. Oh, no. Yeah. But listen, they are detecting landmines and it's the coolest program because people are getting killed or horribly injured because of all these landmines everywhere. So they can go and they can find them. And they're too light to detonate the landmine. Oh, so they can just be like, it's right here. Yeah, they're like, it's right here. So a human using a metal detector would take 25 hours to research a 20 square meter area. Mm -hmm. A rat can do the same work in 20 minutes. What? Yes. It's a lot cheaper than dogs. And because they're so light, obviously it's safer. They can also smell specific odors to detect tuberculosis. So every year there's 3 million people infected by tuberculosis and they go undiagnosed because they they don't don't know. Yeah, Apopo says that that's the agency. Mm -hmm. Apopo says their trained rats can screen 100 samples in 20 minutes that um, would normally take a lab technician four days. Jeez. The samples detected by rats are then rechecked using the World Health Organization or WHO endorsed confirmation tests. So basically Uh they were 100% correct. That's cool. There was an article just a few days ago, or last week, October 27th, that they've been training rats to save lives using their sense of smell for 25 years. But now they're teaching these uh, pouched rats to save lives in a new way by searching through debris of collapsed buildings to help find survivors. Oh, wow. So we actually saw this on uh, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. He was talking about it. Oh, that's cool. Like a little while ago. Mm-hmm. And and then, yeah, and then this. They're actually going out to find victims in collapsed buildings from natural disasters or like hurricanes, typhoon, whatever. Because they're so small, they can get into little areas. And they have this like special little backpack. That's designed to have a video camera, a microphone, and a speaker for two-way communication. So if they do find somebody, they can communicate with them. What? So I imagine being locked or like trapped under a rubble and there's a rat coming at you. And they're like, good God, no. But then it's actually coming to save you. That's you know
0: what, that's changing people's (laughs) minds right there.
1: Yeah, so because the backpack, you will have real time communication with Mm. whoever's they just have like the
0: flight of the Valkyries playing all the time.
1: I come in peace. (laughs) Uh, so the trained rats with they call them smart backpacks can also Mm. be used for other detection tasks, such as inspection of packed shipping containers or anything really. Yeah, yeah.
0: We should try to talk some people into uh, getting some rats to check cargo here in Guam for a brown tree snake.
1: I honestly
0: thought about it. <laughs> but then I was like, would the snake
1: then eat the eat the rat? Yeah. But that's a big rat. That's a big rat. They're yeah. big. Uh, so that is our organization to support. Oh, popo.org, because that's awesome. That's pretty cool. So nonprofit organization has Belgian roots for 25 years. They've tackled landmines, tuberculosis, and now they're doing rescue. Missions. Their <laughs> website you can go to. It's really nice. They have so much information. So you can make a monthly or a yearly donation. You can also purchase a hero gift. I'm doing air quotes for the animal. Like you can buy a little block ppe of oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> like things for um what is it like safety gear uh, or for yeah. not even for the rats but also for the trainers that's cool you can buy food and supplies and you can also adopt your own hero rat because that's what they call them is hero rats and right now if you want to go find out more there's a rat called baraka which i like kind of love that's cute I'm like, is it Barack Obama mom? (laughs) And he is a little tiny guy that they started to train and you can go and adopt him or another one and you can help with the cost of their training and it helps a lot of people. And you should watch this documentary. I can't even remember, but if you look up Rat documentary. Rats looking for (laughs) landmines or something Uh, on YouTube. Yeah, it's like an hour long, but it's great.
0: I will check that out. Yeah, it's super cool. It's really cool. So you're changing the hearts and minds of people.
1: So we went through all the gross stuff, but I feel like I'm trying to redeem them in the end. Yeah, but honestly, this doesn't really redeem the brown or the black rat. It does not. Not even honestly. Not even a little. (laughs) So everybody in New York, I'm
0: sorry. I mean, I I got nothing. That was great. (laughs) <laughs> oh man yeah this is a fun episode i'm uh, really enjoying these fun facts <laughs> that you have told us um, i hope you've stars. all like they've all like drilled themselves into your brain forever i can't even wait for the next party i attend <laughs> in possibly 10 years i don't know <laughs> where i can be like hi so would you like to know some random facts about rats uh because i got a <laughs> few so megan <laughs> yes jen in your emergency preparedness kit. Yes, yes, I have been. Uh, I have been considering this. While many, been many talking. things. Yes, I feel like there's there's one really stand out uh, part of today's episode, and I just want to honor that. So, I think that for our emergency preparedness kit, you know, in the event that you are in New York and possibly going to fall through something, yes, yes. I think that a large pair of rat testicles to break your fall <laughs> is what you're gonna need
1: well okay okay i'm I'm following, <laughs> but how would you it'd be like? Your own pair, like it's like
0: you, it's like something you wear. I think this would be like an inflatable deal, you know. Like we've had some inflatable things, those work out well. It It, was just Halloween yesterday, and I saw a ton of inflatable costumes. It's a thing. It's a thing. You know, I think this is not far off. I I also think that for hold up, (laughs) real quick, (laughs) yes. If I saw a kid walking in a
1: rat costume, (laughs) dragging a giant pair on the ground, what if they like lit up? (laughs) Or they they bounced independently, like there was some sort of like montage music. playing. I'm just saying, I wouldn't
0: not love that. Right? I, I feel like I'd be into it. I'd be like, you'd be like, that's anatomically correct. <laughs> I appreciate and then the authenticity next to of them, your. Yeah. I, I think we're looking at some costumes
1: next year. Next to them would be a 400 pound gorilla <laughs> <costume>. <laughs> You wouldn't even see them. I mean, it would be uh, kind of pointless. They'd be that like that's... marbles.
0: <laughs> oh this is really just warming my heart this episode so i think Um, we're looking at some new costume ideas yeah i I agree i definitely agree with that i think we should tm uh, (laughs) that's (laughs) our that's (laughs) our idea don't think you can steal it i mean that's we'll just call it rat king because that makes more sense yes it does than the (laughs) actual yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, no i think that what i was going to say is that inflatable things all these inflatable things we have in our pack they're going to take up very minimal amount of space. Uh-huh. They're going to be light, right? Yeah. They can inflate, you know, very quickly uh-huh. uh, when you need them. So I feel like also those
1: suits, even because they have like air blowing through them, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. might keep the rats out. Kind of a way. Yeah. 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 And also your rat balls would be so much larger. I feel like you would <laughs> intimidate all the other rats.
0: 100%. They'd and be, therefore, be like, holy shit, look at these. Yeah. Yeah. Therefore, you're you're good. Yeah. You are the rat king. You're covering all bases here.
1: You really are. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, think, are we going with the Halloween costume?
0: I feel like a pair of inflatable rat testicles to break your fall. (laughs) I think that's what that or an anatomically correct rat Uh, rat costume. Rat costume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think Uh, that's good. I think it's good too. You'll be (laughs) in, guys. SARS next year. Oh man, that's gonna be a fun Halloween. (laughs) Well, we already talked about the gorilla costume. That it was a thing. It's a thing. It's already a thing. Man. I feel like somehow I'm going to be reported by a neighbor for (laughs) some of these things. Anyway, uh, that was a great story, Jen. I've enjoyed this episode.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad. I hope you guys all learned a lot. And thanks for for listening. We appreciate all of you. Absolutely. You're Gonna Die Out There is produced by us, Jen and Megan, and edited by Jonathan Pillsbury.
0: We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star iTunes review on Apple Podcasts.
1: You can also support us by following us on Instagram or Twitter, listening and subscribing wherever you get podcasts, or becoming a patron.
0: Check out more on our website at you're going to where you can see our awesome eco friendly sponsors and Nature Nerd Artisans page.
1: If you'd like to send us your own stories or episode ideas, you can submit them through our contact form on our website or to our email. You're gonna die out there at gmail.com.
0: And until next
1: time, don't die out there. Bye. Bye. That's
0: a big rat. That's a big rat. That's like <laughs> that's like my smallest cat. Meal. Yeah. That's a Thanksgiving rat right that's there. A, oh god. <laughs> nope. I'm now picturing a Thanksgiving meal with a rat. And I a nope. Just to like break in
1: with a little story real quick. Yes. It's a quick one. Like for the last week, because I know I'm going to talk about rats. I was telling Megan, well, not the whole week, but maybe yeah, like yeah. the last couple of days. Yeah. I was telling her, I was like, hey, I'm watching Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like spooky. But she's like, oh, I'm kind of, I think I'm scared to watch that. Yeah. But it was actually, it's pretty good. It's actually pretty campy, and I've only made it to, I think I'm on the fourth one, but the second one is called Graveyard Rats. Yeah, you you were like, you need to watch this. I was like, you gotta watch this before I do my episode, because it's pretty (laughs) creepy. The rats are something else. Anyway, just so everybody who's listening, go watch it. Yeah. And if you have watched it, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about.